I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then... You know, who cares about what the others say? Welcome to the fifth episode of the We Are In Between podcast, where every week we discuss an episode of As Told by Ginger, sequentially in order. We've been having a ton of fun with this. Last week we discussed the episode Sleep on it, and had a lot of fun with that. We also added a uh, yay, nay, or uh, we added a meh option to our uh, our voting for the end of every episode. And uh, yeah, we are also interested in reading some of your guys' comments this week from our forum and from Old School Lane YouTube channel and other media. So uh, every four or so episodes, we'll be doing this and checking in with you guys to see what you have to say. Yeah, uh, let's start off with the Old School Lane YouTube channel because... We want to give a sincere apology that we actually posted the wrong forums on um, the first episode of Where In Between. It's not wnck.freeforums.net. It's whereinbetween.freeforums.net. The other website just didn't work out for whatever reason. So now we got back into it. So um, for the Old School Lane YouTube channel, there were two of them that stood out to me a lot. And I'm going to read them off. So we're going to start things off with a comment from DroidSys545. And this person says, I enjoyed this. I never listened slash watched a podcast before, but I stumbled across this while I was looking for the actual first episode on YouTube, and I loved it. You have a brand new subscriber. This is our last comment about uh, from episode one, and it says, Yeah, Hoodsy was weird, but also the voice of reason. I truly love that show and was all over the character design after the first episode back in the day. It was good. Also, uh, explicit word here, Dodie. And this is from Lee Alversio Jackson. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, so now uh, let's go over to episode two, Carl and Maude. And there was one comment that we received from that. This is from Hunter Gaming. And he says, this is one of my favorite episodes. Maude was just like Carl, where there were not many people like him. He had his best friend, but not a nanny. The ending was very sad, but it helped Carl. But I don't want to say too much, but I think he is the one with the longest arc at the start of the whole show. To the last example of this being A Lesson in Tie Ropes and the final episode. All right. Now, we actually had a lot of comments about episode three, Stealing First, and a lot of them had to do with Dodie. So, uh, okay, so going into the Old School Lane YouTube channel once again, and this is from Codebox42, and this is a long one, so stay comfortable. I absolutely hate Dodie Bishop. Dodie is pretty much a prime example of a designated protagonist. In fact, she has such a small fan base in regards to her character. 
While yes, she may have some positive traits, her strive for popularity overthrows any amount of significance she has as a good person. She is, quite frankly, one of my most hated Nickelodeon characters. She basically complains whenever Ginger has something good happen in her life. Dodie just twists things around to complain about how Ginger's good luck slash opportunities in life inconvenience in her solely because they do not benefit her within her agenda of wanting to be in. It also doesn't help how she refers to Ginger as property in the episode Wicked Game. She also takes as much chances as she gets to consistently preach about how everyone should be good friends to one another, only for her to do a complete 180 the moment she's given any slight recognition. I also dislike episodes that are often written about her for being easily forgiven for all of her actions. Dodie's absolute worst appearance is the season 3 episode Dodie's Big Break, where she is at her worst, and is the primary example of Dodie's selfish slash self-serving attitude in the entire 22 minutes. And the fact that she gets rewarded for it makes me frustrated every time I see that episode. I hate it even worse than her actions in Wicked Game, and I consider that to be the worst episode of the series. What really gets me about Dodie is it feels like she's using Ginger simply because Ginger's often recognized by the popular crowd, mainly Courtney. And Dodie pressures Ginger into the same vote simply because it'll make them notice in return. Yes, she can be so supportive, but the fact that she's so blindsided by the things she does and sees her preaching agendas as helpful shows that she is so much into her own needs to hardly care about her friend's insecurities. One of the worst examples of Dodie complaining about Ginger's fortunate luck affecting her is the episode Far From Home, where she spends the first half of the episode making Ginger feel horrible about her decision simply because Ginger's decision doesn't include her in any way. Not to mention that episode takes place right before the infamous Wicked Game. Then we have Dodie in Fair to Cloudy, where she sabotages her own BFF affair with Ginger and Macy solely because Ginger wants Darren to join in, even though the Darren has been apart from their friend circle since the beginning. And this happens right after she preaches to Ginger about Darren's inclusion being an inconvenience to them. She more or less uses Courtney as a scapegoat, so it interferes with Ginger's time with Darren. To be fair, Ginger's also pretty unlikable in that episode, particularly when she blames Courtney for everything that goes wrong when Courtney's there to have fun. This shows Dodie willing to sabotage her own affair to get what she wants. I often have a hard time deciding if I dislike Dodie or Joanne Bishop more. They're both terrible, especially Joanne's actions in About Face and The Easterham. So yeah, this person had a lot to say about Dodie. Absolutely. I think it's a fair analysis and some of the frustrations that I, I think I started that rant off and then we all sort of agreed to varying degrees about Dodie. Yeah, she's she's definitely, I would say, the the one that is the hardest to root for of the three, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so now we finally have some comments from the We're In Between forums. So please, if you have anything to say about these episodes, then we would highly recommend that you post on the forums, which is we'reinbetween.freeforums.net. And this is from Mia, and she says, I'm loving this so much. Once a week is not enough. I think Courtney and Miranda are so used to going on ski trips and such all the time that they don't find anything special about it as opposed to the other kids who don't get used to these kind of things ever. This is one of the episodes that I don't hate Dodie on. She tries to stay positive and actually builds up Ginger for once. 
The world record thing is something I think a lot of kids will be interested in trying to create. How much did Carl bribe the guy? Because I feel like it couldn't possibly be enough to getting into trouble with his boss and Lois worth it. Mrs. Foutley is totally parent goals. I love that Ginger feels comfortable talking to her about everything. I do like the message of this episode. I feel like it's normal not to be ready to kiss at this age, but you feel a lot of pressure like you should be. I'm glad they didn't have Ginger kiss him like a lot of the shows would have probably had. Yeah, well, thank you for the compliment, Mia. And uh, I, I agree with most of the, the spirit of this comment. I do think Ginger usually often does take the road less traveled in, in these kind of episodes where it doesn't always do the cliche and typical thing. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that is likable about the show is that, you know, there's, it's not all just tropey things where it ends up how you'd expect it to. Yeah. Okay, our, our final comment about sle- uh, about stealing first is from Ada Luna, again from the We're In Between forums, and she says, A junior high ski trip? I never had a trip like that for a whole weekend, and that sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know how Miranda and Courtney find that lame. I probably have the same insecurities as Ginger, though. I can't ski either, although I don't see as the most dramatic confession. Haha. It's really sweet of her friends to encourage her to go on the trip to have fun doing other things. Dodie even offers to help her conceal her nose from redness, even though she's clearly not good at it at all. I find it totally hilarious that Carl denied his classmate's request to borrow the empty chair. He's so much bigger than Carl, but he still listens to him anyway, lol. It's super obvious that Carl and Hoodsy are close enough that he can understand what Carl says even when he's talking with that much food in his mouth. Isn't it strange that I find Carl's idea to set a world record for being stuck in a ski lift kind of tame? I'm st- Maybe I'm starting to expect too much. Miranda just loves to make things interesting, doesn't she? The bet to get someone to go first base with the foreign exchange student? I mean, why didn't she or Courtney do it themselves? He seemed cute enough. But of course Courtney had to get Ginger involved. I agree with her, though. Ginger definitely has a contagious charm. Not that Miranda would see it. Side note. I love that Darren is so sweet to these girls, even letting Macy pretty much eat his entire lunch. He doesn't get mad about Ginger breaking his leg, even if it's a win for him, since the cast is supposed to be a babe magnet. Courtney not only gets Dodie and Macy's names wrong more than once, but even gets their fake names confused. Ha ha. Also, high maintenance is that her dad is the one who does her homework when she's gone, or at least writes down her to-do list to get other people to do it. I love how Mrs. Foutley truly embraces Carl's personality and weird hobbies. Even if it's to get him out of his room by telling him to throw the rotten cabbage at their car, she's truly the master of catering to her children's needs. Even Ginger plays along by stating her name and reason for entering his room. I had forgotten that Ginger had a crush on a guy named Ian. I also noticed that I've never seen a cartoon that shows females practicing how to kiss. At least not that I can remember. Also, why do cartoons have French characters with the worst French accents? It is so cringeworthy. Overall, I thought that the message to conquer your fears was well done. She didn't go through with the kissing, even if all she really had to do was fall out of the lift, but she wasn't ready. At least she realized that whatever the moment of having her first case does come, it won't be so scary. She may not be good at exactly what she's doing, like skiing, but she'll get the hang of it eventually. It's all a learning process. This is such a good episode. Not my favorite in the series, admittedly, but it's still really good. Yeah, I would I would agree with this. Uh, there's a lot of different points. Um, the French accent thing is hilarious. Um, 
I, I hadn't really thought of it in that context, but it's very true. There's always some weird character with a, either a French or some other, you know, strange accent. All right, and now we have our final comment, and this is going back to the Old School Lane YouTube channel, and this is for episode four, Sleep On It. And this is again from Hunter Gaming. He says, The thing I loved about the show, it talked about topics that not a lot of shows did. I was 10 when it came out, but now I understand everything that they talked about. Yeah, I think this is also, on, I, I feel that the, um, I feel like now I get a lot of things a lot better than when I was younger and started watching it because I just wasn't quite at the point yet where these things were as relevant to me. So I definitely feel that common. I, I agree with that. Oh, definitely. So um, once again, to all of the people who posted the comments on the Old School Lane YouTube channel or on the We're In Between forums, thank you so much. And we cannot wait to hear your guys' thoughts in the next uh, month's worth of podcasts. And hopefully by then we'll be able to read it um, the beginning of April. So stay tuned for that. And uh, now we can finally continue on with the show. This week, we'll be discussing episode five of the series. It's entitled Of Lice and Friends. In this one, there's a lice outbreak at Lucky Junior High at the same time that Dodie becomes the school announcer. Ginger feels that Dodie's going overboard with her job because Dodie keeps turning it into more of a gossip column. And eventually, Dodie finds a list of kids who were found to have lice during the inspection and Dodie sort of debates whether or not to use this as her gossip for the day. And then there's also uh, the B-plot, as always, with Carl and Hoodsy, who are sabotaging Blake's experiment with flies while they're trying to make a uh, flea circus. There's weird, weird Carl and Hoodsy type things are going on simultaneously. <laughs> this episode, as usual, has a, uh, <clears throat> a strong B-plot with... Uh, with Carl and Hoodsy, they they have a weird some weird antics in pretty much every episode, at least so far. And uh, this episode is very Dodie centric, which I'm sure will involve lots of hot takes from us on her as a character. To be fair, I don't think she's an awful character. I think she's an awful middle schooler, which isn't really fair of me to judge. And me, you know, being out of college at this point, judging a middle schooler doesn't exactly seem fair. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, but. Also, to be fair on our end, she's pretty insufferable in this episode. We see Ginger, Dodie, and Macy discussing about how Mipsy and Lonnie, if you remember from the previous episode, Sleep On It, they were the ones, they were the two girls who were in the sleepover alongside with Courtney and Miranda. They were talking about how, you know, there was rumors that, you know, Mipsy and Lonnie have to repeat um, a class because they were caught doing something. And then Dodie's like, no, no, Ginger. They just have to repeat the first three tests. I got an in with the janitor because they've been throwing away their notes. And then that's when we see Chet announcing that Dodie is going to be the next morning announcement person. And she began, she becomes really, really excited. Then we see Courtney and Miranda approach her and Courtney says, well, Pody, I hope that you're an improvement on Brett. And, you know, Dodie is really excited because this is kind of like for her, she thinks that Courtney has practically congratulated her. But even though that she pronounced her name wrong, she still takes it. It's like, oh, I don't mind. I feel okay now. Let's go. Yeah, I think that, again, this just shows that sort of side of Dodie where any kind of glimpse into popularity that she has is a big deal to her. And she gets super excited about any vague attention from the, the popular kids. And I feel like in many ways she sees this, uh, s you know, school announcements 
position as like sort of her in into joining in with the cool kids. And I think we see that more as the episode goes on too. Yeah, that's definitely been a running theme throughout the show in the five episodes we've seen so far. It's been the concept of more or less every episode. Dodie is obsessed with the attention from Courtney towards Ginger, and it's this weird sort of, not even a triangle. Well, it might be a triangle, but no, it's like a square, because Macy's not really involved, but it's this weird, complicated relationship between Dodie and Ginger and Miranda and Courtney, and it's all it goes all which ways. <laughs> Yeah, and it's going to get even more complicated as the series progresses, so don't you worry. Yeah, so then we we get a little bit of an insight for a bit on the Hoodsy Carl situation here. And I I think I misspoke earlier. It's a lice circus, not a flea circus, because Carl finds lice. Or is it that Hoodsy has lice? I don't remember how he gets it. Yeah, Hoodsy has lice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Hoodsy has lice, and Carl wants to take some samples of the lice so he can create the first and only lice circus. Yeah, and Hoodsy has a kind of heartwarming but disgusting line when Carl asks if he can use his lice, and he says, my lice or your lice? They're they're so gross. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we even, just the first scene of Carl, he's holding a Siamese earthworm. That is just downright disgusting. Yeah, is that even a thing? Can that actually happen? I have no clue. I mean, I've had seen two-headed turtles and, you know, stuff like that, so it could be possible. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. It's just not not a common item for sure. Oh, I do have a bit that was sort of like, that spoke to me very personally. Uh, when Dodie was getting ready to do the morning announcements, she's very much like me when I'm getting ready to start podcasting <laughs> with Friday Night Nicktoons around this. She's, she's sort of doing random vocalizations and just sort of getting her game face on before she's on the mic. <laughs> and then Macy yeah. asks her, it's like, Sounds good. What's it mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then she's absolutely me here when she says, an on-air personality never knows what words she'll have to pronounce. Yeah, thankfully in ours we can edit so you don't have to get quite as uh, worried as Dodie does, but I can can confirm Casey right before we we start up. He has his warm-ups and all that. All that good stuff, getting himself mentally prepped for it. (laughs) So continuing with the morning announcement. So we cut into the homeroom where Dodie starts announcing simple things like, oh, the chocolate pudding is in the ceiling. But then she starts, as you know, slowly she starts getting into discussing about particular people. Like, oh, uh, a drip of chocolate pudding almost hit Courtney Grippling and her all-cream ensemble. And then she starts getting more into the gossip. And this is when we see people getting humiliated and embarrassed. And then Miranda saying, like, how does she know that? I don't even know that. And then Courtney gives Dodie a compliment. And then when Dodie hears about it from Ginger, she's really excited about it. And now she wants to know more gossip so that more people can get interested in listening to the morning announcements and that she can be able to have one step closer to being more popular. In reality, the school totally should have shut Dodie down the second she started talking about gossip on the announcements. That's so out of line. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was thinking, too. What what kind of a middle school is like, oh, you know, we don't have enough gossip going around nowadays. Let's let her say it to the entire school over the announcements on a daily basis. This is a healthy thing. Let's let this keep happening. Like, it's, it's a little bit, a little ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know why the the principal or any of the staff didn't tell Dodie. Uh, Dodie, we're not allowed to be talking about things that don't involve with the school, and they never do. They never say, um, "Excuse me, Dodie, uh, you, we don't like the way that you told the students that one of our chefs in the cafeteria used to work at a prison." Or you know you shouldn't be saying that one of the students had cheated on his girlfriend with another student. So yeah, I mean unless it's something like oh maybe she was saying it in like the one of those ATV kind of things in which maybe only a handful of students would be watching it. That could probably make sense, but she's saying it in front of the entire school. Everybody in the school is listening to her, and she never gets called out on it, which is kind of odd. I wonder if maybe Chet, when him being the announcer for so long, maybe it's like, maybe we can get the students to actually listen. So I have no idea. Maybe this is a desperation, or maybe this is just a off-site, but it's kind of confusing. And the teachers are kind of into it, too, so it's not like the teachers are really going to make sure that it stops. Yeah, they're, they're not exactly great influences here, is what it basically comes down to. But regardless, that's kind of what she's been doing and she's not exactly popular but definitely kind of on the fringes now a little bit she's she's known now you know people know her as the morning announcements person which to her is a pretty big deal she's got to keep it going and i love when uh Dodie is trying to like recruit gossip and sort of like get her ears out into what's going on macy only offers math club gossip and she says this is strictly off the record (laughs) i love macy she's so funny without like trying to be yeah i feel like we give Dodie a lot of crap and we don't give macy enough credit sometimes for how amazing of a friend she is Anyway, so uh, continuing on, we have uh, Carl and Hoodsy pitching Blake that they want him to be the sponsor for their life circus. But then Blake says, I would have found this intriguing maybe about a few weeks ago, but right now I have a maggot farm that I've been taking care of. And Carl and Hoodsy are not interested about it at first. They don't find it really fascinating compared to lice. But then he's then Blake tells them about what he's planning on doing, is that when the maggots turn into flies, before they do, he's planning on giving them food dye so that their wings become multicolored. And so now it's become like a bit of a competition between who would, um, whose idea of bugs is going to be the one that's going to get them more famous, Carl's lice circus or Blake's multicolored flies? I'm just not sure. Does that work? Does feeding them food coloring make their wings different colors? Is that a thing that happens? They end up sabotaging it anyways, but I don't know if that would even work. We need them to try it on wild thornberries, and then they'll tell us the truth. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, it is possible that there have been some instances in which you can be able to mess with the... you know, you can be able to toy around with an animal's DNA and, you know, have something happen to it. Like maybe, you know, clone an animal or help give an animal an artificial, um, you know, a body part or something. But yeah, uh, changing their diet to make their color, to make their wings multicolored. I have no idea. That actually sounds pretty interesting. But yeah, later on, it'll show that it never happened. So I guess the world may never know. I do love the Blake and Carl rivalry. 
because they both clearly have a mi- at least a mild interest in being friends with each other, especially Blake. You almost wish they would just, the three of them, be able to hang out and get along, because Blake has such a lonely, isolated life, and, you know, I'm not really going to shed a tear for him because he lives in such privilege, but at the same time, he has real feelings, and his life is pretty isolating, so it makes sense that he's always seeking out the attention of someone like Carl, who, as weird as he is, he's... I wouldn't say popular is the right word, but the kids love his antics. Everyone is always participating in whatever weird stuff he's getting into. Yeah, I definitely do agree. The only people who don't really like Carl in the school are the teachers. Every Everybody else just seems to like him. He's basically like the gross class clown that we all want to be, but we know we can never be because we'll definitely get in trouble. Yeah, he's he's great times. I feel like he's definitely... He's always coming up with new and creative things, too. Like, it's not like he's just pulling the same jokes every day. Like, he does weird, interesting stuff that, to be honest, I would still find interesting today if there's, like, a kid doing these weird kind of antics. Like, they would definitely be known. Oh, for a a brief sidebar, I want to talk about the title of the episode because it's been bothering me. I think it's kind of a stretch. It's not as on point as the titles of the show usually are. Of lice and friends. The lice part I get. The friends part I get. It's just a little clunky and awkward to me. I think it's trying to be a play on words for of mice and men. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. It just something about it doesn't totally work for me. Maybe because friends doesn't really rhyme at all with men. I, I get, you know, I get the play on words, but maybe it doesn't uh-huh. flow really well compared to all the other episodes that we were talking about, like Ginger the Juvie or Carl and Maude, which was Harold and Maude, and then mm-hmm. um, Stealing First and then Sleep on It. So very simple titles, um, but yeah, this one just seems to be a little bit clunkier. Okay, so we continue on with uh, Dodie, and she's making more announcements and saying some more gossip. And then there comes the announcement that Lice has reached Lucky Junior High and everybody begins to panic. And then Courtney and Miranda decide that they're going to be washing their hair more often so that the Lice doesn't get near them. Because according to them, Lice get attracted to people who have gross, nasty hair. And so everybody starts become you know, everybody gets panicked about it. They don't want to catch the lice. And, you know, Courtney and Miranda is so desperate with not catching the lice that they even take a shower in the um in the bath in the uh the Lucky Junior High bathroom, which has never been done before, quote unquote. And when Dodie interviews Courtney, uh she even says Courtney's name right and she becomes really excited about it. This fits right within pretty much everything we've seen so far, right? Any kind of acceptance from Courtney that she gets whatsoever is such a big deal to her that it becomes overwhelming and it overconsumes her life for sure, which I think is part of the reason so many people have so many issues with her is because of her constant over-obsession with opinions of just this one person, which is definitely real. Like Casey was saying earlier, I think this is a very real thing for a middle schooler to do, even though it makes her character kind of insufferable. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, when the drama becomes about lice, that's where I think it goes too far. Also, there's no reason for lice to have the taboo that it does, or for Ginger's mom being the lice nurse to, uh, push everyone as over the top as they were. Ginger truly has no need to be embarrassed, and you just want to tell her... If you wear it with pride and say, who cares, they might leave her alone. But you also wish the other kids would just knock it off. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just lice. It's not a big deal. I had lice when I was in high school. Sure, it sucked having it, and I had to cut my hair because the lice was getting too out of control. And, you know, because lice is much more difficult to get rid of when you have longer hair. But it wasn't that bad, to be quite honest. I only had it for maybe like two weeks. But, yeah, it's not like the worst thing in the world. It's not like it's, I don't know, like the Spanish flu or the bubonic plague or something. Yeah, it, it's definitely overstigmatized. It's one of those things that it's inconvenient to have. It's not great. I would always choose to not have lice over having lice, but it doesn't mean that you're a dirty person or whatever. And as we see, eventually, as Courtney is found out to have lice, that often they actually like clean environments more. So, yeah, it's funny. I remember that crystal clearly from this episode. I was like, when this episode started, I told Ashley, I was like, oh my god. This is the one where Courtney gets lice, and she thinks that having clean hair is good, but it's not. And that really messed me up, because it sort of doesn't make sense in the universe. Like, but she's, but like, if your hair is clean, it should be better, right? But no, they actually like clean hair. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, going back to um, our discussion last week, there was actually an episode of Arthur in which the entire school gets lice. And the only person who doesn't get lice is Buster because he hasn't been washing his hair and it's stuck with food particles and stuff like that. And you know, there's even like one lice that get or louse that gets into it and it's like, oh, my God, this place is gross. We're not going to go in here. Let's go back to the teacher's hair. So, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I even read into this recently. I saw, I found an article that it doesn't really matter what kind of hair that you have, whether it be clean or dirty, but most likely, yes, there is a case in which if you do have clean hair, then lice would most likely go into it. Right. Of course, when Courtney finds out that she does have lice, she freaks out and obviously doesn't want the rest of the school to know. Ginger's mom accidentally kind of lets it known in front of Ginger, and Ginger doesn't tell anyone. But later on, we see Dodie in the office, and she's snooping around, and she finds this, like, record. It's just, like, this piece of paper with, like, the list of students who have lice on it, which I feel like should be somewhere a little bit more difficult to get to than a drawer that's not locked and not being looked at. But, you know, apparently medical information isn't the most secretive thing around here. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too secure. Um, and then just sort of moving it along, because I think we could talk about this episode for ages if we wanted to. At the end of the day, oh, I'm blanking. How exactly does Dodie lose her announcement spot? Because I'm pretty sure the stasis is returned by the end. Because she's about to announce, she's like announcing all the people, she's about to get to Courtney's name, and Ginger pulls a an amazing run through the hall right. to unplug it. Right. Yeah, it's very heroic. She sort of saves Courtney at the last second, and she has no reason to really to do this, to turn against her best friend and do this, but it ultimately was the right the right move for sure. Well, you have to understand that, remember, Dodie and Ginger weren't speaking to one another. So at first, she was kind of hesitant to helping Courtney out when she was saying that I'm going to announce the names in front of the whole student, um, the whole student crowd, and... You know, she said, well, we're not friends at the moment. And then Courtney begs her. And because her and Dodie haven't been talking, she decides that, you know what? This is absolutely wrong. I'm going to go do this. Right. It's a, one of those moments of Ginger, you know, not like hesitating to do the right thing because of peer pressure and then ultimately doing the right thing. She doesn't always, but she does here. Yeah. And at first, Dodie gets really mad at her because she thinks like, you don't, she says, you don't respect me at all, even though like, 
Ginger's just trying to keep, you know, keep things in line. Let Dodie have some perspective that maybe there's some privacy that people deserve in these things. That maybe she's hurting people with the gossip, not just, you know, gaining popularity. That there's sort of a another side to what's going on. So, definitely good call on Ginger's part to stop it. Unfortunately, couldn't stop all the dames, but, you know, maybe a, a bit of perspective for Dodie comes in by the end. Yeah. So going back into Carlin Hoodsey, uh, the lice circus doesn't do very well because all the lice had died. And Blake basically says, well, um, that's too bad. My sympathies. I shall send you a fruit basket. And then he says that he's going to be doing his Cirque du Folai, um, um, you know, celebration in which he's going to introduce the food dye to the maggots. And he invites Carlin Hoodsey along for the event. And they basically don't want to because now they basically have no competition with Blake because their lice are dead. And so Carl decides to sabotage Blake's maggots by putting a light bulb into the trash can where the maggots are being held so that they can be able to metamorphosize the flies much quicker. So then we have that, and then in the following day, when Blake is just about to feed the maggots their food dye, they already have turned into flies, and he becomes really, really disappointed, and then he finds out that Carl and Hoodsey were the ones responsible for it, and now they end up being even, because now both of them are not going to be able to be known for their bug projects. Right, so I feel like that sums up most of what happened there. Honestly, there's not a whole lot more that I feel like needs to be discussed with the episode as a whole. Um, at the end, we do have, I think, a, a three-way phone call. Is that what happens? Is that this one? Yep. Macy makes them do it because she's amazing. And she kind of gets them to apologize to each other and talk to each other. And they come to the conclusion that, you know, they both... Well, they weren't really both in the wrong, but like they both need to get over what happened. And they say, like, you know... It doesn't mean we can't still talk gossip if, amongst us, which is so, so true, honestly. I feel like people will always be gossipy amongst their friend groups, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. So yeah, that is the end of episode five. Now we can give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. I'm going to be the first to say it. I give this one a massive nay. This is like one of the worst episodes of the series, and it paints Dodie into a prime example of being manipulative, trying to take advantage of seeing if she can get her gossip to be popular, and even willing to risk ruining people's reputations because she wants to get herself up there. So, yeah, this episode is terrible. Wow. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. I just didn't expect such a strong reaction this early. I was going to give this I'm give this episode a meh because as much as I love drama and was excited about the prospect of this being a drama-filled episode, it doesn't really deliver because Dodie just sort of takes things that aren't drama and pretends that they are. So it was kind of half-baked. Like the the chef working in a prison, who cares? <laughs> who has lice? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and give this a meh as well. Not Not quite as strong of a reaction. Definitely, it's an upsetting episode, and I think as far as Dodie's character goes, it's not putting her in a good light, but I feel like it's not the most shocking thing given how her character's been built up to this point. So, yeah, but again, definitely agree on the not having drama thing. Definitely agree that she's awful in this episode, for sure. So that is the end of this episode of We're In Between. Tune in next week as we talk about episode six. So until then, we hope to see you around soon, and thank you for listening. (laughs) 